the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer: It's the um, first weekend of summer. Aren't you happy about that? I am. We got a fantastic show for you tonight. A craft beer guest that's going to be joining me later this hour. The usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo G A double T U double L O, Facebook dot com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertgnycradio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to the show. You can find all the shows and listen to them on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. And we are available on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com. And uh, you can find my show, Selling Craft Beer, which I got a chance to listen to uh, Sean's uh, Selling Craft Beer podcast uh, this week at the gym. This guy does a fantastic job of summarizing beer news in about six minutes uh, or so. Sometimes a little bit longer, maybe 10, but I'll tell you, he nails it. And it's uh, really good, quick. Uh, you know, he plays some clips in between, you know, some funny movie references and things of that nature. Definitely want to check that out, the Selling Craft Beer podcast. There's lots of other podcasts on there as well. I have to go through them since it's the summer now and I have some time. Uh, I'm definitely going to go and check out a few more of them. But a uh, really cool place, hoppedupnetwork.com. Definitely check that out. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Hugh Sissons, the founder of Heavy Seas Brewing out of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, will join me. We'll talk about Heavy Seas' new cider that's coming out in just a couple of weeks. Uh, their small barrel batch beers uh, that uh, they just had to release this past weekend, and they're releasing these things periodically. Some uh, will eventually become maybe mainstays for Heavy Seas, but lots of stuff to talk about with Hugh, uh, not only about the uh, brewery itself, how he got started, um, and it's an interesting story, plus how the Baltimore market, um, you know, they started the the whole craft beer, I don't want to say craze, but the movement in Baltimore was directly related to Heavy Sea. So you definitely want to check that out about 20 minutes from now. So played um, Runaround to start the show from Van Halen, from the Van Hagar era, If uh, for some of you that like to reference Sammy Hagar is Van Hagar instead of Van Halen. Uh, on uh, This past week for unlawful, unlawful, I always get this wrong, for unlawful carnal knowledge was released June 18th, 1991. Um, this was their, the Van Halen's ninth studio album, but it was the third with Sammy Hagar uh, on the heels of OU812 back in 1988. And then, um, of course, uh, 5150, which was 1986. So, uh, two years in between each album, and this particular album I, I enjoy because of the fact that you know they were they were just in a different place, like you know a lot more keyboardish synthesized guitars, more so than they've than they did in OU eight one two and OU eight one two. 
is always a fan favorite, is, is a favorite of mine because it was my senior year of high school, and I can really relate to a lot of the stuff on that, on that album. And it was a different mix. It was bluesy. Uh, it, it was soulful. There was a lot of different things. But for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge was more straight-ahead rock, but it was, I think, their biggest Van ha- I guess their, their biggest hits, I don't want to say, not even their biggest hits, but their biggest exposure on MTV, let's put it that way. Um, right now, one of the, uh, a really cool video uh, when it came out. It was also important to me in 1991 because that was the first time that I got to meet Van Halen. Uh, the first radio station that I ever worked for, WNEWFM, the place where rock lived. Uh, I was an intern there. Uh, and then I would assist on other shows. So Scott Muni, the uh, l- uh, longtime afternoon guy for uh, NEW, uh, used to do his Rocktober shows from the Hard Rock Cafe. Van Halen was one of the guests that day. It was a very surreal moment. Two of my friends were going to John Jay College, uh, got them to help me out uh, that day. They got to eat and drink for free. But they got to hang out with Van Halen, like a couple of feet away from them. I got to drink beers with... Uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Sammy Hagar. They waved me over, like, come on over, have a beer. And they had a bucket of buds in a in a bucket, and I ended up having a beer with them. I got to carry Eddie Van Halen's guitar out to his limo. That was hysterical. Uh, and then the best part of it was Don Henley was there, and I ended up imbibing in some uh, marijuana with Don Henley uh, in the vestibule while waiting for Don Henley's limo. That was kind of surreal. So uh, it was a wild moment, one I will never forget. Uh, in my radio career, so uh, very cool. We'll play some. We'll play some different songs uh, from that album uh, during the course of the show. But let's get into news real quick here. Uh, obviously, the show is not all about uh, music and beer, but there was a beer music connection there, as it usually is. Uh, so, uh, Victory Brewing Company, uh, they are coming out with a couple of different beers for the summer. Of course, their Summer Love, their their official craft beer of summer, uh, is has been released. A fan favorite. Uh, this five point two percent golden ale. Uh, a really nice, enjoyable beer. I've had it before. Uh, Bill Kovalevsky and the guys uh, over at Victory do a great job with this. This is a nice, easy-drinking beer, perfect for tailgating at concerts to kick off uh, to kick off a concert season. It's definitely worth it. Uh, and then, the in addition to the Victory Summer Love release, and they're doing this whole flip-flop nation experience at various tap takeovers. I missed the one that they had at the Sterling Hotel uh, a few weeks ago. They also released... Uh, two additional beers, a special beer releases, Liberty Bell Ringer Double Dry Hop Double IPA and Rose Monkey White Wine Barrel Aged Belgian Ale. The Liberty Bell Ringer, uh, again, as I said, Double Dry Hop Double IPA. Um, and then the Rose Rose Monkey, this is interesting. It's a barrel-aged take on the uh, Victory's Golden Monkey, but it's been aged in Chardonnay oak barrels for months, put into finishing tanks where 100% real cherry juice was added, for a bright, fruity finish. So two beers I would definitely want to check out, especially the um, the Rosé Monkey White Wine Barrel uh, Aged Belgian Ale. That sounds uh, really, really good. So you can find those beers, uh, you know, uh, go to victorybeer.com slash beerfinder. Uh, of course, they're available in Victory's Tap Rooms in Pennsylvania and North Carolina. Uh, and you can follow uh, at Victory Beer on social media for any updates. Now, an interesting story Two of them are having to do with Jersey before we take a break. Cape May Brewing uh, did an interview with Brewbound, and uh, they're, they revealed they're going to sell about 23,000 barrels of beer this year. Puts them in very rare territory in New Jersey. Um, Cape May also announced earlier this week they are expanding into the Pennsylvania market. So over the last four years, the company has sold its offerings 
in the nearby Philadelphia market through Origio Beverage. On this past Monday, Cape May announced it was expanding their, that relationship uh, with the distributor into Lancaster, Berks, Lehigh, and Northampton counties. Uh, and uh, the goal, uh, Ryan Krill, uh, the um, CEO, explained, uh, to keep building momentum into Philadelphia. Uh, they sold about 70,000 case equivalents last year. Uh, they're now kind of right in line, neck and neck with Cape May's home market. So obviously the people in Philly loving the beer uh, of Cape May, so they want to expand into the uh, into the Pennsylvania market a little bit heavier. Uh, the Pennsylvania expansion, Krill said, to Brewbound is a long-term play. 2019 is serving as the building year for them. Uh, they also said they may begin shipping beer to Delaware in the next couple of years, but they're not looking beyond a three-state territory. So they're thinking right now, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, that's about it. They want to make sure that they saturate all of New Jersey, including the northern half of the state. We're starting to see a lot more Cape May beers coming up north, and Cape May is making some good stuff. So it's nice to see that they're getting up in North Jersey. But Ryan has said uh, to Brewbound and to others that he wants to make sure that all of New Jersey is covered first. Uh, They're going to do that through the distribution division of Cape Beverage, which launched uh, late last year. And once the company has filled out New Jersey distribution, uh, the Cape Beverage is going to begin adding outside brands to their portfolio either later this year or in early 2020. They want to have a handful of brands that they can sell statewide in New Jersey uh, and resonate within uh, with com- consumers in the state. This from Ryan Krill uh, to Brewbound. So uh, it's interesting to see what will happen here in terms of their expansion. I want to see them more in New Jersey. They do make some great stuff. And listen, let's face it. Driving to Cape May is a little difficult just if you want to go and and grab a beer. The other part of it is is that Cape May is maxed out in their building, uh, their production brewery. Uh, They're next to Cape May Airport. They cannot expand. They've begun contract brewing at Philadelphia's Yards Brewing Company and at New York's FX Matt Brewing Company. Uh, Krill says they're going to produce a couple of thousand barrels out of that. And... They have a 33,000-square-foot production facility, but they can't build on the property because it's owned by Cape May County. They've asked uh, the county if they're you know, interested in, in selling the property. Cape May uh, County has said no. And so uh, Krill has told Brewbound that we may have to move out of Cape May County if we have to keep uh, making beer, which would be a shame because, as Krill said, um, this is a big issue because Cape May has one of the highest unemployment rates in the state of New Jersey. And then finally, the, the other big news for New Jersey, Lawson's Finest Liquids uh, is coming to New Jersey. The, uh, f- the signature Vermont brewery uh, has announced a new distribution partnership with um, Remarkable Liquids. They will begin uh, selling their beer in New Jersey. So starting next month in July, Remarkable Liquids will begin distribution of Lawson's Finest flagship beer, Sip of Sunshine IPA, statewide in New Jersey, as well as in central and upstate New York. In addition to the rotating Super Session Single Hop IPA series and limited specialty beer releases, this is awesome. Sip of Sunshine is a great beer uh, and uh, very excited now. They are going to be available in the state of New Jersey. I cannot wait uh, for next month to start seeing Sip of Sunshine because you see it in New York every once in a while. You see it in the city and you buy it and you go, oh, yeah, that's good. And somebody has it on tap and, oh, yeah, that's great. But now it's in New Jersey. Very cool. So you're going to start seeing it probably. Uh, in bars, and, of course, in liquor stores uh, starting next month. For more information on that, just go over to RemarkableLiquids.com. So good news for uh, uh, for the state of New Jersey. Very, very cool. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news from around the beer world, uh, a couple of different topics to get into, and then later on, Hugh Sissons, the founder of Heavy Seas Brewing out of Baltimore, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast 
on AM 970, The Answer. Democrats want 16-year-olds to vote. Kevin McCullough wouldn't even let his 16-year-old drive. There's a huge effort to get 16-year-olds to vote in places like New York. I wouldn't give my car to my 16-year-old. I don't have a 16-year-old, but I wouldn't let them drive the car uh, at 16. Why would I let them uh, help choose the leader of the free world? Kevin McCullough, radio, weeknights at 5 on AM 970, The Answer, with special airings, Wednesdays at 4. My business is at stake because the government told me I can't live out my faith in the workplace. I was arrested for handing out the U.S. Constitution on my college campus. A state law is forcing me to advertise for abortion. Hi, I'm Laura Schaefer, General Sales Manager at AM970, The Answer. Believe it or not, some of our most fundamental freedoms are being challenged. Alliance Defending Freedom, one of the nation's most respected and successful Supreme Court advocates, is fighting for you. Through generous donations, ADF has become a major force in the legal battle for free speech and religious freedom, playing an important role in 54 victories at the U.S. Supreme Court. If you're a business owner, consider making a tax-deductible donation of $1,500 or more. In return, your business will receive a bonus advertising campaign equal to the value of your donation. Contact me to learn more at 212-857-9639. Again, that's 212-857-9639. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting the Stand with Israel tour with my friend Dennis Prager. This tour of the Holy Land will bring us face-to-face with one of our country's most important allies and one of the most fascinating spiritual regions on earth. More than a vacation, this bucket list trip will deepen your faith and expand your mind. I personally want to invite you to join me on this journey. Register today, and I'll see you in Israel. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Hi, this is Jerry Crowley, Vice President and General Manager at Salem, New York. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either AM 970 The Answer or AM 570 The Mission, WMCA. If you love one of these stations, and you should, and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join the team and help us in this mission. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we just might have a job for you. Give us a call at 212-857-9638. Ask for Courtney or leave a message with your information. Again, that's 212-857-9638. 212-857-9638. This could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know if you don't call. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Love this song. Great video, too. We'll let it build here. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. Hugh Sissons from the, fa- the founder of Heavy Seas Brewing out of Baltimore, Maryland, is going to join me in just about 10 minutes from now. This 
is right now from Van Halen for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Third album with uh, Sammy Hagar in the band. Released uh, this past week in 1991. Just a great video. Love the, the, the slow build to this song. Sammy would talk over it in concert and stuff. And they'd get right up there and then getting the whole crowd to sing in. Just pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, I'd love to get into the vocals, but it takes about 90 seconds uh, before it gets in there. And I've probably wasted uh, too much of my time in this segment already with music. So let's get into some more news and notes uh, before we get to Hugh Sissons coming up uh, in a little bit. And a couple of different things that are bouncing around over the last week or so. So apparently in Disneyland, uh, and according to the L.A. Times, uh, the city of Anaheim, has approved uh, to Disneyland Resorts permit requests for Disney to build a Marvel-inspired theme park. And one of the approved permit requests was an allowance for a microbrewery as part of that future attraction. So I guess Disney is going to be building a bar inside of, um, uh, or maybe they're going to be producing their own beer inside of Disneyland. Kind of cool. Um, you know, the, the whole Star Wars cantina theme, they have it uh, Disney, at Disney World. Um, but you know, it's interesting now ballast point has opened up a tasting room and kitchen in downtown Disney, um, at the Disneyland resort in Anaheim. And they're offering all these different ballast point beers, not exactly craft beer, to be honest with you. Uh, but you know, interesting in that they're going to be expanding more beer offerings. What I'd like to see from Disneyland, although I don't think this is going to happen is when this new Avengers park opens and they do have a brewery in there. They should be embracing some of the local products in Los Angeles. There's plenty of beer, craft beer in Los Angeles, that they could tap into. Or even if they wanted to, just tap into stuff on the outside that, you know, the bigger bit, Stone, Coronado, uh, you know, modern times. There are plenty of places, uh, El Segundo, plenty of, of local product that they could put in their brewery. Uh, Sierra Nevada, you know, uh, Russian River. Some of those, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Ballast Point well, doesn't exactly move the needle for me. Again, uh, my the, my whole thing with Ballast Point is uh, Constellation, when they bought them, way too much money. Now they're trying to get essentially like a refund or a cut on that. They've had to lay off a lot of people, and they kept a price point the same after they bought them. That's a big no-no for me. I was not going to pay 16 or $17 for a, a six-pack of a Ballast Point when you could get, get other very good beers, whether it's local or national, uh, you know, for a $12 price point. Sorry, but it's just not going to It's not gonna move the needle for me. The other thing, keeping it in California for a second, uh, back on June 14th, uh, heritage brewing chain Gordon Biersch uh, closed their Mission Valley location. Uh, this it was a longtime San Diego craft beer staple uh, in, in the area. Um, unfortunately, uh, they had to close up their San Diego location. I think we're starting to see this again more and more where um, – you know, some places are shutting down. It's a shame. Uh, you know, you'd want to see all of these guys succeed. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't happen that way on, a, anymore. Uh, business in some places is slow. Maybe there's too many uh, breweries. And Gordon Beer, you know, was not just a, a, a you know a brewery. They were a brew pub. Maybe the food wasn't that great. Who knows? Uh, the West uh, uh, West Velteren uh, Brewery, which is run by Belgian monks, only brews around 5,000 b- barrels of their beer annually. And it's become so popular People are taking it on the black market, reselling it for, you know, thousands of dollars for these uh, barrels of beer. So the monks of the St. Sixtus Abbey have now launched a website to sell their beer. So you can go online. You can buy their beer. Now, only two crates can be bought at a time with priority going to newer customers. Very cool. 
Uh, a 24-bottle crate of West Velterin, uh, 12, will cost you $50, which isn't bad. Now, that's a bargain, according to this article from USA Today, compared to a Dutch grocery store chain that reportedly sold them without permission for over $11 a bottle. Now, the monks only produce enough of the uh, of the beer to run the St. Sixtus Abbey and fund their charity efforts. In 2012, however, they produced a limited run of the West Viltern, uh 12 to repair the Abbey's roof that sold worldwide. A six-pack of the brew retailed for $85. Now, here's the catch. Sure, you can buy it online, but they're not shipping. You have to go to Belgium to pick it up. But what I think is really cool is that you have to go to Belgium to pick it up, but now you can order it online. And if you're planning a trip and you want to get over there and the, the beer is out, you buy it online, now you got a shot a shot of getting it. It's it's really funny. So uh, apparently you have to go to the you have to go into rural Belgium, you have to go to the abbey to pick it up. Uh, and the, the uh, obviously the monks are going to check your driver's license to make sure that you're you are who you say you are, but now you can buy the beer online uh, and then travel over to, over to Belgium. Uh, to get it, which I think is pretty cool. As we continue on here in our news and notes segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So craftbeer.com came out with the, um, or Zamergi Magazine, excuse me, announced their uh, 2019 Best Beers in America poll results. Now, what, I, I don't know, this is the one that surprised me more than anything. The fact that six of the top ten beers, best beers, uh, are made by Michigan breweries. What doesn't surprise me is that six of the top ten best beers are IPAs. IPA is still the popular brand in the United States, uh, and it's going to continue to be uh, for for at least the next couple of years, although we're seeing a lot more of that push into spiked seltzers, uh, which I talked about last week, where uh, Forgotten Boardwalk is coming out with uh, their first spiked seltzer, and I think you're going to start seeing a lot more places uh, doing that as well. In fact... Um, Again, as I mentioned last week, I heard that AB InBev is going to start doing their own version of a spiked seltzer very soon. So we'll see what happens. So here's the top 10 best beers that was in this 2019 poll from uh, Zamergi. And again, you can debate however you want. Uh, number one is Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Number two, Russian River uh, Pliny the Elder. Number three is Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. Number four is Founders KBS Kentucky Breakfast Out. Uh, number five is the Alchemist's Teddy Topper. Six is the Founders CBS Canadian Breakfast Out. And then in a tie for seventh, Founders All Day IPA, Bell's Hop Slam. And then in a tie for ninth, Founders Breakfast Out and Weld Works Juicy Bits. So uh, very interesting that, um, you know, six of the top ten beers are made by Michigan breweries. That's pretty cool. So you got uh, Bell's and uh, Founders all within... Uh, the state of Michigan, and they have a whole thing with uh, if you want to check out a uh, if you're doing a beercation into Michigan, uh, craftbeer.com has a road trip that you can follow along Michigan's I-94 and and follow it to, you know to the various breweries. So um, I haven't had too much. Most of the beers on this list I've actually had. I've had Sierra Nevada. I've not had Russian River. I have had had all the founder selections that made it. I've had uh, Hetty Topper, which I find fantastic. Hetty Topper is such a great beer, and yes. Drink it in the can. Do not pour it in a glass. Uh, I've not had Weldworks, uh, and I'm trying to think if I've had. I know I've had Bell's Hop Slam. I don't think I've had Bell's Two Hearted Ale. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, no, that's their Double American IPA. I have not had that, so um, I will have to. Uh, I will have to check that out. 
And um, this is actually, they, uh, Bells is m- releasing this in August, and they're going to do it now in six packs instead of four packs, uh, double two-hearted ale, which is pretty cool. So I'll have to check that out uh, when it comes out in August. But what's interesting is that six of the ten are from Michigan, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Michigan, I think, sometimes gets uh, underrated a little bit for their beer. They have some very good breweries out there, and I think it's, an, uh, it's sort of an untapped market. In Michigan, um, much like the you know the, the the California push, now we're starting to see Chicago has become an enormous beer town. That's one of those ones where I'm very tempted to take a vacation to Chicago, uh, do a couple of days with my friends, and do some different breweries in Chicago because there is some really good stuff in Chicago. I know the knock is there's a lot of crime in Chicago, but to be honest with you, I, I would be very tempted to do that. Where uh, the other spot where there is very good beer is down in Baltimore, and I'm intrigued to do a little Baltimore trip maybe in the fall to kind of hit some of the breweries in in Baltimore uh, and check out the different uh, varieties of beer. But Michigan, very impressive. That is really great, 6 out of 10. Again, you can argue what you want. People are going to scream that, you know, there's local breweries that are better. I get it. It's a list. It's subjective. Uh, It may not be to your taste, but it may be to others. Um, I think I like Founders CBS and Breakfast Out more than I do KBS, uh, I do dig CBS a lot, um, but again, nice to see that Founders is, uh, you know, one, two, three, four of their beers make that top ten list. And, you know, the all-day IPA, come on, you can't beat that. That is a nice, easy-drinking uh, IPA and and steady. That's that's the thing. It's a steady beer. Now, when we come back after a short break, Hugh Sissons, the founder of Heavy Seas Brewing out of Baltimore, Maryland, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Mostly clear, 77 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Police looking for a person of interest after an Alabama man died in a brawl in the Bronx. Jennifer Polsoni reports. Troy Scott of Birmingham was reportedly in the Big Apple for his sister's baby shower, but it was early Saturday morning that officers responded to a fight near East 169th Street in Prospect Ave in Morrisania that the 40-year-old Scott was punched during an argument and then fell and hit his head unconscious and rushed to the hospital where Scott was pronounced dead. Police photos out of a person of interest described as a Hispanic man around five foot seven who took off in a red car. Jennifer Bolsoni, NBC News Radio, New York. The MTA putting out a new study that shows an increase in the number of bus riders not paying the fare. According to the data, nearly one in four people take free trips on local bus routes. Transit officials say that's an increase of 35 percent from last year. Turnstile jumping on the subway is at about four percent. The MTA says fare beaters are costing them a substantial amount of money. The agency is having its next board meeting Monday. In sports, the Yankees lose to the Astros 9-4 and the Cubs beat the Mets 5-3. Time to check the traffic on the George Washington Bridge into the city on the upper level. A one-hour delay, 40 on the lower deck. And right now at the Lincoln Tunnel, we have minor delays in both directions. 25 inbound at the Holland and a crash blocking two lanes. Queensbound on the Whitestone Bridge. Heavy delays back from the Bruckner Interchange. That is well over a 20 to 25-minute delay. And then traveling about in northern New Jersey, look for a stalled vehicle in the right lane, local lanes of 8095 north approaching Route 4. 
You now know how not to go. The weather forecast for tonight mostly clear, low 65 degrees, Monday mostly sunny 85, and then Monday night increasingly cloudy chance of showers late at night, low 70. Tuesday periods of rain with a high temperature of 80 degrees, forecast for Wednesday mostly sunny 85 degrees. I'm Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertgnycradio.com, iTunes or Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well, and we're also available on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to the hoppedupnetwork.com and you can access the show from there. So a little one particular harbor from Jimmy Buffett. You know, I'm I'm kind of in that, you know, Caribbean mode, kind of on the seas, pirates kind of thing. Jimmy Buffett's coming to New Jersey uh, to PNC Bank Art Center uh, coming up in August. First time I'm going to see him. Very excited. But the other reason is my next guest is the owner and creator of a longtime brewery out of Baltimore, Maryland. And they've been pumping out great beers like Loose Cannon, Blackbeard's Breakfast. You see where I'm going here? A little pirate theme for over 20 years now. Now, recently they started upping the ante to include some uh, smaller batch beers that have been just fantastic. But they also have started to venture out into ciders as well. We're going to get into all of that. and for more info on all of these different things, uh, just check out their website at hsbeer.com. Let me welcome onto the program Hugh Sissons from Heavy Seas Brewing. Hugh, how are you? I am just peachy, thank you. <laughs> now, Hugh, I got to ask, you wanted to be a stage actor and a director. How the heck did you become a yep. beer maker? They're, they seem like they're two completely different things. Yeah, well, <clears throat> essentially, um, as I was finishing grad school in theater, my father, who was a small business guy, uh, suckered me in to come into work in a little bar that he'd bought. Right. Uh, and, you know, once once he had me pulled into that, then we started getting into beer, and then that kind of led, led me in a different direction. We ended up being the first brew pub in the state of Maryland. Well, and that's that's something I want to talk about. When you, decide to, when you decided you were going to make the bar into a brew pub, you had to get the laws changed in Maryland because it was illegal to do. How was, the pro- how was that process back then to get it changed? Um, you know, it was it was challenging, but I learned a valuable lesson about how to work with legislature is try to try to get to the smallest number of people who actually have a vested interest 
So the first bill we passed was for Baltimore City only, which meant that the rest of the legislature, you know, wasn't in their court. So they were going to just say, if Baltimore City wants it, then we're going to pass it. So that's sort of the path of least resistance. I fully expected the bill to fail, and lo and behold, it passed. So I had a little bit of an OF moment, and then we had to had to get it done. Hey, I mean, but that's good. And you know what? I I think that's interesting because you have to obviously you have to start somewhere, and by starting small like that, I definitely helped the process. I'm sure the people in New Jersey, all the different things that are going on now with uh, the ABC laying down, you know, all these different restrictions now to breweries and stuff. I I think maybe New Jersey could take a page from that. Where hey, maybe it's time to you know up the ante a little bit. It's it amazes me in this general area, and you know, obviously from New York to Jersey to Pennsylvania down to, to to Maryland, Delaware. It's amazing to me that each state has so many different restrictive laws, and a lot of the areas around here have loosened up those restrictions, except for New Jersey. We seem to be always, you know, behind the eight ball, uh, you know, all the time, which is, uh, for me, I, I, I hate it because I live in New Jersey, and I love the fact that there are so many great breweries in New Jersey, but you guys started that process in Baltimore, and that's a great thing, and it's just, you know, a snowball effect. One thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing, and that's great. We're talking with founder Hugh Sissons of Heavy Seas Beer. HSBeer.com is the website for more information and to find out where all of Heavy Seas beers are available. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Hugh, you recently started to make cider, uh, calling it E-Crisper yep. Cider. Was this a reaction mm-hmm. to the popularity of ciders over the last several years uh, that made you decide to do this, or was this something that you guys were planning? Well, this is uh, sort of sort of both, actually. I mean, you know, we're dealing in a very competitive environment right now. So, you know, anytime you can add a few more arrows to your quiver, that's something you got to look at. So, so yes, the, the emergence of cider, once again, is being... You know, a viable avenue was one area. Secondly, uh, we hired a, a new CEO two years ago named Dan Dan Kopman, who came from Schlafly Brewery originally. He was one of the co-founders there, mm-hmm. uh, and and he spent a lot of time uh, living and working in England. So the cider project was was near and dear to his heart. So when he came on board with us, that he said, "Look, I've been working on this project for two years. Are you in?" And I, of course, said, "Hell yeah!" Right. So. Uh, so, so the best place, you know, there's real, there's what's called real cider apples, and then there's culinary apples. Mm-hmm. And most of the ciders that are made in this country are used, all made using culinary apples, the same ones that you would buy in a grocery store. Okay. Well, unfortunately, they don't make great cider. So the best place in the world for great cider now is the south coast of England and the northwest coast of France. So we're sourcing our product uh, from the south coast of England. It'll probably be 10 or 20 years before there's enough real cider apples being produced in the United States to move the product, uh, the production um, into the U.S., but the juice is off the hook. That, I mean, that sounds great. I can't wait to try it myself because I know ciders are a big thing for, you know, a lot of different people. Obviously, for people with gluten, uh, t- you know, intolerance, they like, you know, they want yeah. something a little different. And speaking of that, we're seeing this big surge now of spiked seltzers. We're seeing, you know, uh, Truly and all these. And yeah. now a Jersey Brewery has just come out, Forgotten Boardwalk, with their own spiked seltzer. Is that something you're guy- you guys would be interested in doing at some point in the future? Or are you guys just, nah, you know what, the beer and cider, we think that's good enough. We don't need to go into that avenue as well. Uh, you know, I'll never say never. I, I mean, you know, we're certainly cognizant of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it, it's actually kind of a challenging thing to do. The technology for making what we call uh, clear malt base, um, which is what you need to do that, right. is the the technology is kind of expensive. So, 
if we were to go down that path, that's a that's a real commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, having said that, that doesn't mean that we're not looking at it. Right, right. And now you're also doing some uh, great things with this new 15 barrel house beers. I had the Sun Blink. Uh, not too long ago, and it was fantastic. I've developed a taste for for sour beers now. It's it's funny. I had um, uh, I had uh, been diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had to go through chemo and radiation, and I was never a big sour fan. And then after all of my chemo and radiation, I found myself having a taste for sours. I don't know why. Maybe something changed in my palate or whatever. But I, I'm I can't get enough of them. And I love the fact that you guys did this beer, and then in the packaging you added lemon heads. Uh, candy uh, to mm-hmm. it, which really enhanced the experience for me. I was kind of like, okay, look, I'm sipping this, and then you get the lemon with the raspberry. Well, that was something that you guys were really uh, trying to do, or it just happened by mistake that you, somebody was eating a lemon head? No, that was, that, 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 that was very intentional. I mean, one of the advantages of, of having installed this new 15-barrel brew house is that it gives us the ability to do you know, small batches of just fun and experimental uh, and, and so that beer actually was sort of a, of the prototype for another sour that we're getting ready to release in a couple of weeks called Sunburst, um, which is going to be sort of the same theme with a little more raspberry character. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, that allows us to produce, you know, things that are in small enough batch sizes that we can sell them through in our tap room and try the market and see what people think before we pull the trigger. That's pretty good. Once, awesome. once you go into the larger format scale, right. now you're spending money. Oh, sure. No, absolutely. And better to get that feedback. Uh, there's a local brewery by my house who does that. They do a little kind of what they call a test ticket. And uh, the owner calls me every once in a while because he's five, I'm five minutes from their, from their place. He says, oh, come down, try this, see what you think. And, you know, most of the time he's hitting the nail right on the head uh, from a local perspective. Yeah. And it makes, you know, it makes it easier for him to make those decisions, whether or not, hey, should I put this in cans or, you know, mass produce this? That's great. Now, you, you guys have a new release coming up uh, called In Root Brute. What's, uh, what's the deal on this one? Well, that's going to be one of your new quote-unquote brute IPAs, which is basically it's, it's sort of like the technology that's used for making light beer, mm-hmm. where you you basically convert almost all of the quote-unquote sugars that come from the grain into fermentability. So the beer ends up being really dry, hence the name the name brute, mm-hmm. and then you you pump the carbonation level a little bit so that it's very sparkling. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, in the next 10 days or so, something like that. That's That sounds really good. Can't wait to try that. We're talking with founder Hugh Sissons of Heavy Seas Beer. Uh, hsbeer.com, the website for more information to find out where all of Heavy Seas beers are in their distribution network. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Last question from me, Hugh. One of the things we're seeing in the last uh, year or two, uh, mid-level brewers having uh, lots of issues in terms of sales, shelf space, tap handles and bars, etc., um, you know, obviously the local product is is the big thing now. Everybody's trying to drink, you know, super hyper local. How do you guys combat that in your state and in your city specifically, uh, and outside that state in your territories? When you go approach a, a bar, hey, look, you've got fifteen tap handles. We want to get, uh, you know, loose cannon on on tap here. How do you approach that now? How you know are you are you seeing pushback from uh, certain areas, or is it easy for you guys to get into places? No, it, it's it's a challenge. Uh, there's no doubt, of, especially in the in the in the bars and the restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, off-premise business, i.e., package store business. That's the area where we're experiencing growth right now. Honestly, you know, the the draft business in the bars is is a real challenge, and it it is because of all the hyper local uh, that that's going on. Now, the only quote unquote advantage that we may have is that we've been in business for twenty some years, and we've got 
all the quality control infrastructure in place, which a lot of the smaller, more local guys don't. So, right. so we can be a lot more consistent. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think people are going to figure out at some point, you know, just because something's local doesn't mean it's good. Uh, but That's if true. it is local and it's good, then, then go for it. I mean, absolutely. But I still think that at the end of the day, quality is going to win the long-term game. Well, you know, I totally agree with that. And I have to say, I mean, there are a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of breweries do specialty beers and things of that nature. But you guys, with your Blackbeard's Breakfast and the Greater Pumpkin, which, by the way, I'm not a big pumpkin fan. That Greater Pumpkin is one of the better pumpkin beers out there that I would actually sit and drink. Uh, so a lot of your, mm-hmm. your one-offs and limited release type stuff is really good. And I think that's... That is a big key, at least for me, you know, when I'm going in and I'm looking at the tap handle and I'm going, all right, you know what, I've tried this local guy. Oh, Heavy Seas has got this. Great. This is what I want to try. So kudos to you guys for that. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And I love the fact that this 15-barrel uh, brew project stuff has been so successful um, so far that, uh, you know, and you're starting to see, you know, hey, we like this so much, we're going to put it out as uh, a regular offering, which I think is fantastic. That's the game plan. All right. My guest has been founder Hugh Sissons of Heavy Seas Beer. HSBeer.com is the website for more information to find out where all of Heavy Seas beers are in their distribution footprint. Uh, Hugh, thanks so much for joining me. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. You got it. Up next, it's Suds and Duds right here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher is astonished by Joe Biden. Can you fathom how desperate you have to be as a presidential candidate who sees your front-running status kind of evaporating. It's like sand through his fingers. And he literally said, when I'm president, we'll cure cancer. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The Answer. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6, Mike Gallagher at 10, on AM 970, The Answer.
Final segment of the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Okay, here we go. Hit it, Sammy. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we are also Alexa ready as well. Uh, your a- Amazon enabled device. Just say you want to hear the craft beer, ca- the Algatulo craft beer cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, and you'll hear it on your Alexa enabled device. We're also on the Hopped Up Network as well. Check out the Hopped Up Network at thehoppedupnetwork.com. And you can listen to my show along with a number of other different uh, beer related podcasts. Great site, and they kind of just aggregate all of them into one. Um, central area that you can automatically click on and listen to wherever you get your podcasts delivered. So, top of the world from uh, Van Halen's for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Uh, That was the third album with Sammy Hagar that was released this week in 1991. Michael Anthony's 65th birthday was the other day. I mean, it's amazing, the whole Van Halen kind of thing in June. And um, interestingly enough, before we get to Suds and Duds, uh, Michael Anthony did an interview this week with um, Eddie Trunk, uh, on uh, Sirius XM, and he said the reason why he was off right now, why the Circle took a time off from their tour, he confirmed that there was supposed to be a Van Halen reunion with the original band, and they were supposed to be in the studio practicing or whatever and getting ready to go out on a, on an abbreviated tour or whatever it was. I don't know how many cities or this and that, but apparently nobody from Van Halen's management ever contacted him after the first initial contact that he got from Irving Azoff who is now the manager of Van Halen, uh, but after that, nothing. So interesting. There were a lot of rumors going around about them getting back together and going out on a tour. Uh, apparently, uh, as Michael has confirmed, that there was a- an initial conversation, would you be interested? And after that, nothing. So I'm hoping uh, that Sammy Hagar and the Circle get back out on the road this fall because I definitely want to see them if they come back uh, to the East Coast. Anyway, let us move on to Suds and Duds. Uh, talk to you about the various beers that I've had over the past week or so and let you know whether uh, they are a Suds or they are a Dud. So uh, mostly West Coast beers uh, this week uh, This week on the show. So my good friends from Coronado sent me over um, a couple of different beers. Uh, two of them happen to be their two IPAs, their newest IPAs they came out with. They basically use the same formula, uh, just tweaked it differently to make one a West Coast IPA and the other one an East Coast IPA. So the first one, Set West by Coronado, very much indicative of a West Coast IPA. Sticky, piney, uh, has a little bit of bite to it, real good. This is just, it's just a, uh, the, the classic West Coast IPA that you're looking for. Great stuff, really good stuff. Then I had the Rised East uh, beer. So again, Set West, West Coast IPA, and then Rise East, which is their East Coast version, um, hazy, juicy. This was nice. Uh, both of them are around the same ABV at around 6%, but the Rise East one, again, because of the haze and the juiciness a little bit, it, I think it's definitely something that I could knock back a few more of them of because of the smoothness of it. I think that's really where it's at. Uh, both beers, excellent. Uh, if you're in the Philly area, I know that you can get uh, Coronado down there. If you're on the East Coast, if not, North Carolina, I think, is the next uh, nearest location. Then, of course, out uh, on the West Coast. But uh, thanks to uh, Melody uh, from uh, Coronado for sending me those beers. They were awesome. Then um, 
My good friends over at uh, uh, Stone, uh, Lizzie from Stone, sent me a couple of cans of Stone's Enjoy By uh, July 4th Unfiltered IPA. This is a great beer. Dank, piney, outstanding. If you like your IPAs unfiltered, and I certainly do, um, this is one for you. Man, is this good. And a big can, too, a 19-ounce can, uh, so a little bit more than a pint. Uh, Definitely shareable if you want to share it with your friends. But this is just a really, really good beer. And again, got to get it and enjoy it by July 4th. I, I love that they have these things where, you, you know, you got to enjoy them within 30, 45 days. What irks me is people that, or businesses that um, don't pull their beer off the shelves after that, that date. They leave them there. I've been to a number of liquor stores, uh, and I'm not going to name names, but I've, uh, but I've been to one in my area. They still have Coronado's anniversary beer from two years ago at the very bottom of the shelf. Refrigerated, but the bottom of the shelf. I wouldn't drink that. Who God only knows what it, what it tastes like. IPAs are meant to be drunk fresh. Most beer is meant to be drunk fresh. The, really, the only beers that you should be aging at all or cellaring if you, if, if you feel the need, uh, maybe barley wines, stouts for sure. Stouts, I think, over time get, get better, either stronger if they're bourbon, you know, other boozes are involved in it. Um, but for the most part, most beer, drink it fresh. You buy it, it's in the refrigerator. Within a week, boom, crack it and drink it. I mean, that's the key. I try to rotate stuff out of my refrigerator as often as I can uh, because I don't want stuff sitting there forever. The only things that I think I've, I've had sitting there for a couple of years is probably a couple of cans of Carton's regular coffee. And to be honest with you, the, the flavors of those mute out a little bit. They get smoother, um, and it's not so much of a, 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 a big banging impact when I drink one of them. That's, that's the only reason. But, again, that's my personal preference. You, you do what you want to do. I mean, really, that's that's the end of the... I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, folks. As we continue on here uh, on our Suds and Duds segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, I had a chance to stop over at Fanwood Liquors about a week or so ago. And the reason why I'm giving them a plug uh, is uh, the gentleman who runs the store, a uh, very nice guy. We had a great conversation. Of course, Dummy Me doesn't get his name. Um, uh, we had a nice conversation. They have a fantastic craft beer selection in Fanwood. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Saw somebody had posted something on social media about how what a good experience he had. The prices were good. And uh, stopped over there last Friday, Friday before last. And let me tell you something. He's got a fantastic selection of craft beer. Not only national, but local as well. Uh, had Wet Ticket in there, Almentry, Carton. I mean, some really, really good stuff. Um, and uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Definitely a place that I would go back to. It's about a 15-minute ride from my house, but uh, certainly something... Uh, a place that I would do business with uh, again. So if you are listening, thank you. Very much appreciate that. Uh, what they had there uh, was Modern Times uh, Ice, which is their lager, uh, which I picked up from my buddy Scott as we were going to see Alive in Bush uh, last last weekend, which was a fantastic concert, by the way. Uh, this is a crisp, easy-drinking lager, very crushable. Got that little bit of sweetness uh, there on the back end uh, that you would expect from a lager. 16-ounce can, great stuff. Modern Times is cranking out some great beer. Uh, very pleasantly surprised to see that that lager uh, was there and very, very good. Uh, when I got into PNC, ended up having a This Town by Carton. They have it on tap there. Again, you're buying beer at a, at a concert. You're going to pay an arm and a leg. Yeah, it's a big it's a big 24-ounce uh, glass or 18-ounce, 19-ounce, whatever it is. Uh, but this is just so good. It goes down so smooth. Again, it's another one of these just 
crushable beers that you can have a couple over and over again and uh, and not feel, I don't want to say not feel guilty, but it's a good beer. So this town by Carton, excellent. Uh, Wet Ticket came out with their new Pineapple Hopper, which is a milkshake IPA. Uh, this is perfect. Just the right amount of pineapple and lactose in it. It is smooth. It's got some acidity at the end uh, from the pineapple. Uh, I loved it so much. I picked up two crowlers for a uh, graduation party that, I'm, that I was attending uh, earlier today uh, for my neighbor who didn't have a chance to get down there and check this out. So this was fantastic. Excellent stuff. Finally, let's get to the Firestone Walker stuff. Uh, Firestone Walker had a tap takeover at uh, Paragon Tap and Table. Great to see Garrett. Great to see Gallagher uh, from Firestone. Caught up with them for a few minutes. Uh, had their new Stevo uh, Pills. I-, I can't believe this is a 6% beer. This was very good. Uh, nice, crisp, outstanding. It's definitely something that I would drink uh, in the summertime. Uh, eminently crushable. Great stuff. Had the Firestone Lager, which I've had before. Very good, very smooth, nice beer. Uh, then had the Mind Haze. This is the first time I've had this. I've seen it on the shelves, haven't had a chance to pick it up. Wanted a taster of it. Mm, let me tell you something. Excellent hazy, smooth as silk. Uh, they don't normally do these types of beers, Firestone, but you know when they do one, they're going to do it to uh, as as close as they can to it with a little bit of a tweak uh, that's, you know, understandably Firestone Walker. This is a great beer. Really good. Would definitely pick up a six of this for a, a summer concert. Uh, absolutely. Had the Luponic Distortion IPA Series number 11, which is uh, about a, I guess it's about a year old or whatever. Far right, It was nicely done, bitter, hoppy, excellent. Um, then I had the Rosalie, which honestly, this is their new kind of beer for wine drinkers. Um, it is, this is another perfect tailgate beer, uh, perfect on a warm day, wine, a little bit of sourness. Uh, it just, it's, it hits all the right notes for me and it's a 4% beer. Fantastic. Great stuff from those guys. And finally to finish, uh, the Napa Parabola, this year's version of Parabola, but done Napa style with a lot of grapes, uh, a lot of wine influence, because obviously in Paso Robles, California, is a lot of wine country there. Um, this is outstanding. It was so smooth. It's a 10-ounce pour. Um, and somehow from the grapes, they got a real big cinnamon flavor out of it. And it was just unbelievable on the palate. Smooth as silk. Uh, I could have very, very easily had at least another glass or two. That's how good it was. That's a fire beer. You put a fire together in the backyard in a little fire pit, you crank out one of those, and you sit and sip that for about 30, 45 minutes. As it warms up, the cinnamon gets even better. And they didn't add cinnamon to it. That's just from the grapes and in the, uh, being in the barrel. Unbelievable. What a fantastic beer. Firestone Walker is just crushing it. And interestingly enough, before we have to get out of here, I was talking with, uh, with Gallagher, one of the reps from Firestone, and he uh, was saying... Much along the line of what a lot of these national uh, beer companies are having problems with is getting shelf space, is getting into bars and getting on tap handles. That's the difficulty they're having from all of these local beers. So, New Jersey, I'm looking at you. You got great beers, but these laws and these all these different things, we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks with uh, John uh, Cushow. He's going to join me on the program. We're going to discuss this even more. Uh, New Jersey, get your act together. Seriously. Because you got a lot of great local beers, and you might end up losing out at some point 
if some of these guys go out of business. But we're going to talk about that uh, in a couple of weeks. My thanks to Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Hugh Sissons, the founder of Heavy Seas Brewing out of Baltimore, Maryland, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.